welcome to the Nerd Party. podcast. I'm Jessica Nunn. And I'm her husband and co-host, Philip Gilfus. <laughs> well, we're here on vacation, so the sound may be a little different. We're recording from a hotel room in Charlotte, North Carolina, here on July 4th weekend. Yep, today is July 5th, if yep. that's useful. That's right. I feel like now we're about to do a news report. <laughs> <laughs> and the weather for today. <laughs> well... Um, we're going to continue in our vein of talking adjacent Doctor Who. Yes. Um, so we uh, haven't quite got back to watching our fourth Doctor Adventures, but we're in the middle of it. So we'll hopefully continue and end that soon. And I know friend of the show, Char, is uh, finishing up her second series of um, Matt Smith. I believe she, she just did the uh, series Midpoint. So she's at A Good Man Goes to War. Oh. So she has. And so she finally finds the identity of River Song, which kind of leads us to what we're talking about today. Yes. So um, I know, Jessica, you're a fan of Alex Kingston. Such a fan, yes. And so we reached back to, I don't know if it's her earliest work, but it's certainly one of her earlier works um, on the telly. And that's in the miniseries, The Fortunes and Misfortunes of Maul Flanders. Uh, this premiered um, for 1 December 1996, so a few years ago. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and so uh, what did you think overall? I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those that makes me go, oh, I really ought to read that book. <laughs> now, full disclosure, I did try reading that book. I had, I had it um, like a few months ago. Okay. Yeah, I sort of have the bookshelf O stuff, and I, you know, force myself to grab books and read it at work during lunch just to clear the bookshelf. I just grab whatever's on the shelf just to make them go away. Um, and so I, I went halfway through, and we'll kind of go through it. Maybe it works better as a TV series. It just was a little circular after a while, um, as you can kind of tell from what we're about to talk about as far as, you know, finds man. Incident happened. Yeah. Finds man. And so it's after by like the third time, I'm like, okay, are we going anywhere with this? Or, you know, halfway through the book, you're like, okay, I'm not really sensing a direction other than, I mean, we can talk about the themes, which I don't think are necessarily in the series more uh, implied than maybe what the Defoe was going for. But as you say, uh, the actual book it's based on is Small Flanders by Daniel Daniel Defoe. Um, I don't know, there's not really a synopsis. Long story short, it's the story of a young woman, Maul Flanders, making her way in, oh, Lordy, I don't know what you would put the time period, pre-Victorian almost? I don't know. Maybe, yeah. Uh, England, um, so obviously, you know, life is always tough for women, but this, she's born um, in sort of the lowest circumstances and, you know, to, in prison, um, and then, you know, trying to make her life go from there, advancing her her station in life um, through marriage, most often, and with varying degrees of success. Yes. Okay. So, um, I guess let's start just with your basic. Uh, what did you think of Alex Kingston in this role? I thought she was really good. It's a little unconvincing when she was playing much younger. 
Okay. I mean, she was young when she... No, I understand. <laughs> but when she when she was playing... Like you know, 16 or something, yes, you're saying? Yes, okay. yeah. Yeah, I, I get for it, you know. Uh, once we got past that point, uh-huh. I was good with it. Okay. But, uh, yeah, got a little strange. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I, I, you know, not to draw too much attention to it, but I don't, I don't know how the, uh, I assume this was on BBC, whatever, you know, I don't know. She needed to be naked in every episode, but certainly that's what they were going for. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. anyway, but anywho, um, so let's go through it. It's kind of the, the cyclical story of this. There are four episodes in this miniseries, and as I say, the origins is, uh, you know, this young woman, or this baby, is born in prison to a, a mother in prison. And that's sort of the, 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 a, a start of a theme where uh, women who are put in prison can plead their belly, as it is said. Basically, you're saying, hey, instead of killing me or, you know, executing you me. You can't kill me right now yeah. because I'm pregnant. Right. And so that was sort of her origin. Um, and so I guess I guess she believed her mom was dead, I think. Um, or did she well, know that she was I, taken over to Virginia? Yeah, her mom was sent over to Virginia, um, to the colonies. Yeah, that's the ultimate. Yes. Just like being executed, really. Yes. Um, <laughs> but the baby was not. Yeah, and so the baby was, you know, Maul Flanders, the character she plays. Though that's not actually her name at the beginning. But anyway, um, is taken to this family, uh, the justice of the peace or whoever it is adopts her although that's later she ends up uh in a family of gypsies and is sort of young child eight or nine i guess (laughs) when she runs away from the gypsies and sees the justice of the peace or whatever you're right you're right she runs away yes uh he's canoodling (laughs) with a woman of ill repute um, and then, so then when she gets taken to court, he almost sort of takes her in so she doesn't talk. <laughs> He's like, oh, I saw that man with, oh, the That very nice lady. <laughs> yes. And so that's where we sort of begin our first, you know, I mean, not, not to define the character by the men, because I won't, but this is sort of her first uh, love. I guess she grows up in the family, falls in love, if you will, uh, with the eldest son. Who seduces her. Yes, yes, yes. That's why I sort of was hand-quoting as I talked that. Yes, um, uh, but the people on the uh, uh, who are listening to this can see <laughs> your hand-quotes, baby. Well, I didn't actually physically do it. So, um, but yes, and I mean, she's, she, as you say, she's playing young, so it's sort of that first love. I mean, she's into him. He's... Plaintively into her, um, and then he's like, does the old, oh, we can't be together because you know you're. We can't be together until my father dies and I inherit. Yeah, I come into my inheritance. So, but until then, let's just anyway get naked. Yeah, and but then the the second son in the family, and again, this is kind of her adopted family, but we're gonna brush that aside for a second. Um, well, but it is kind of adopted family. Yeah. Like she gets it to sit at the table. After she served them. Yep, so and it is a it. really weird... <clears throat> and I think that's the central theme again, or one of them, is... I'm not the expert. It's just from what I read and from what we saw. It's about, you know, uh, this woman, this young woman, and her drive to be a gentle lady. Yes. Like, I think she says that one time or two times. But, like, that's the book. That's the whole thing she's always talking about. Yeah. I want to be a gentle lady. It's not necessarily in the role of a with a man, but that's what she wants to be her station. And unfortunately, because she's a woman, yeah. 
in order to get there, she needs a man. Mm-hmm. So it's not like she's a, some man killer or, or I mean, I know we just started, but as we go through it, it's, it's just that that's, she just wants to advance this to a point where she has money and doesn't have to think about it, which yeah. I mean, you know, is what we all want to do, I suppose. But Absolutely. obviously the social strictures, especially for women, require a little more work than just the on this July 4th, the American dream. Yeah. So, but anyway, so she, as I say, so, you know, she has this weird status where she's of the family, but not of the family. So she's still the second tier status. The other daughters, um, her, her hand quote, her sisters kind of, I mean, they're not cruel to her, but they're also recognize that she's not one of them. Yes. Um, so, yeah. you know, it's not like a Cinderella situation. Um, but anyway, so the second son, it's just the two girls and two boys and then mall. Um, the second son falls madly in love with her because um, he's a weirdo. and But, he, I mean, he's very chaste about it, so I guess it could have been worse. Yeah. Um, he just declares his love, and it's, you know, blah. So long story short, um, he she basically tells him to she can't be with him uh, because she just pretends, like, because uh, we're of different stations, but it's also because she's... In re- love with his brother. older brother. Yeah. And uh, long story short, the older brother does the very weird thing. But that's in the book and it's in the show of like, why don't you just marry my brother? We can still, you know. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. I don't know if it's all that weird. <laughs> I suspect that that was, you know, what he was going for all along. He yeah. would have married somebody important and would have wanted to keep the relationship with her as his mistress. Yeah. But, um, I, but I do think it's it's... I mean, not interesting. I think it's for, for the character of Moss that she does have a line. I mean, she is met in love with that first mm-hmm. brother, but she's like, I'm not going to be your whore. I mean, though. I mean, so she has this sort of, not only economically does she want to be a gentle lady, but societally, you know, yeah. in oh, and of yeah. herself. She doesn't want to be, you know. And so, long story short, she ends up marrying the second brother or the youngest brother just to be done with it. Having a couple of kids. Yep. And then he just dies. He dies. I know. <laughs> like, as we go through the, the many husbands here, it's just like, you know, I don't know if we can do a musical based on all the husbands, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, like six. Yeah. But I just like this one, that like the author, you know, like, I don't know, he just dies. Like, really very few explanations. Just, I don't know, they get married, have a kid, and he dies. That's it. The end. Yeah. And then also... What, Although I suspect that happened more often. Yeah. yeah. Back then. Life is, life is cruel and short. Um, but I think, and also reading the book that kind of got to me... I don't know if it gets to you on the TV series, is that she'll get married or whatever, have more than one kid, and then just scarpers. Yes. So, like, she has, like, not yeah, that was she has, like, ten kids out there. She doesn't have quite that many, but, yeah, she's got at least four I don't, She has, five? like, two with him. Yeah. And then later, like, two or three, and then later, I mean, it starts to add up after a while, and, like, she just... Pawns kids off, which hey, fine, I guess you know it works both ways. But like, that's yeah. just one thing that gets me in the story of like, marries, has kids, abandons kids, moves on to next chapter. Yeah. So, but Very anyway, much. so she abandons her kids to uh, the grandparents and moves on to chapter two, you know, uh, figuratively. So then, uh, basically, meets random rich guy, mm-hmm. and that's sort of you know, she's very upfront. I don't know if she goes to some society or something where it's like, you know, I'm here to look for a husband, but. Uh, a man oh, with money. I'm looking for a man with money, but they have to marry me. I'm not going to be anyone. Again, I'm going to be anyone's mistress. Not going to be anyone's side chick. That's what she says. I believe it's a quote. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And Daniel so, Defoe, yeah. Defoe uh, coined that term. Yeah, side chick. Side chick. Yeah. yeah. 
and uh, marries a random rich guy who's like, yeah, sure, I'm, I will marry you, and I got money. Let's let's do this thing. Yep. And they have fun for a long, for a good year, <laughs> or maybe a short nine months. Yeah. Um, and then they run out of money. Yep. Because they were living the high life. Yeah. So this was the, sort of the good one, you know, as we go through the different husbands. So first one, not good. Second one, better. 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 better, better. But just short. And then he's like, ah, oh, shoot. Those are my creditors at the door. Um, so bye. I'm going to go to France. You uh, you do you. Yep. Bye. Off he goes. Yeah. And so, I mean, they, they, they part on good good terms. I mean, you know, she's like, yeah, we did have fun. Yep. So, oh, well. See ya. <laughs> See ya. So there you go. So, so he survives. Yeah, that's right. Survives. Yeah. Um, just pouring in France. Or in, uh, every now and then they write, but that's about it. Yep. So, so, so no kids, just a short time. So so number three. Um, this is one I think is also kind of like that where she was, she kind of, pre- in the book and maybe in the series, she never per se lies. Oh, but she does, yeah, give the impression yes. that her station is above yeah, because there's. I what mean, it actually is. It isn't this guy we're about to talk about, but it's mm. the next one where she always is like, um, you know, I'm a widow. That, that basically after the first husband, she's always portrays herself as a widow because she. I mean, she is. So it's not a lie, but yeah. Then she doesn't mention the other men. So she just goes, "I'm a widow of you know," and that's she goes from there. I'm a gentlewoman of some you know of widow. <clears throat> so she ends up. With a, a sea captain, so she's basically—I forget where she moves. Um, I don't think it's London anymore, but somewhere where it's more seaside and there's captains. Portsmouth or something, yeah. yeah. And you know, and then so she gets the eye of a captain, and he's like, "I'll take you. We can get married and I'll take you to my mini lens in Virginia because you're rich, right?" And she doesn't say yes or no. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot can be said in a coquettish laugh. Well, then she does, and this day it does it in the book, and again, I think it brings up that theme where she's like, would you love me if I didn't have any money? And he's like, oh, of course. Yeah, they all say that. And she's sort of doing, like, the fine print, you said. (laughs) And this is where she's not lying. She's like, you know, if I didn't have any money, because she doesn't say that she has money. And so this is basically, they get married, and then she's like, by the way, I don't have any money. And he's like, ah, poop. But, oh, well. Off to Virginia. I guess we'll still do this thing. Yep. So, I got land. It's good. Yep. Come so, meet my mother. Yep. So they go off to Virginia, sail the seas, and uh, he meets the mother. A little awkward mother scene, but then everything's fine after that. And they have kids, and she loves yeah. his mother. It's and... kind of a happy happy chapter for however long it's time is supposed to have passed. Obviously with two kids, probably at least two or three years. Yep, yep, yep. So, so all is happy for Ma until... And then she and the mother go for a walk. Yep, which is a lesson, never going to walk with your mother-in-law. Right. And then the mother tells her own origin story of of being a thief and how thieves can come to America and start whole new lives and be gentlemen and gentlewomen. And that happened to her. In fact, she was in prison and had a baby girl and had to leave the baby girl to come to Virginia and make her own life. And this is when Maul realizes... <gasps> She's my mother. Dun, dun, dun. Which means my husband is my... <gasps> brother. Dun, dun, dun. So this is like very early soap opera. I don't think there mm. were... Were there soap operas in Defoe's time? I mean, I know they're all books, about it, but still. I don't even think you had this much melodrama necessarily. I mean, for all intents and purposes, Shakespeare was writing mm-hmm. soaps. That's true, I suppose. 
What would you be the soapiest Shakespeare? The soapiest Shakespeare. Po- probably something like Merry Wives of Windsor. Oh, I haven't seen that one. That's, it, that's, that's pretty soapy. Well, that's true. There's always the, um, oh, I'm secretly your brother or your... Yeah, got all the, the twin twins. Yeah, comedy of errors. Yeah, comedy of errors is very slapsticky. Uh, I mean, of, a Midsummer Night's Dream is, uh, you know, I love you, but yeah. you love him, but he loves her, and how are we going to make this work? Magic. And then you have the, um, what did we see, the Jamaican one. Oh, um, uh, Twelfth Night. Twelfth Night. I mean, then you have the, sort of the identity, and yeah. uh, it takes off, I'm really, dun, dun, dun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. All the things. Yeah. It's okay to love me. I'm actually a woman. Mm-hmm. It's fine. It's not homoerotic at all. <laughs> so you have this, and again in the book, it's treated this way, this interesting situation where Maul finds out that she's married to her brother. Um, stepbrother, but still, I suppose. Half-brother. Yeah. Half-brother, not stepbrother. You're right. You're right. You're right. Half-brother. Um, and so she doesn't tell him because... How do you start that conversation? Right. And and she's, again, this is sort of the, the happy chapter of her life. So she does really like him. I mean, in a different way. They now. have a lot in common. <laughs> so she doesn't basically, uh, it's framed in this TV series, Don't Know More in the book, where he, you know, he's a quote unquote very Christian man and she knows this will wreck him and will break his spirit. And she doesn't want to do that, of course, when they have kids. Um, and so she just basically just stops like sleeping with him and stops being romantic and you know and he's obviously uh, admittedly uh, upset about you know why do you are you not warm anymore I mean he goes a little melodrama in the TV series about and starts crying it's kind of sad but anyway um, he goes to his mommy but anyway and then finally she tells the mom you're my mom no, I know. No, no. You're my mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I do feel like we have a close nope, relationship. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> and so uh, then I guess, I, I really forget how they said in the book. I feel like it's slightly different. But anyway, in the TV series, he just barges in and, the, and then Maul just tells him. And then he's like, ah, poop. Um, and so uh, she goes back to Virginia. Or, excuse me, goes back to England. Yep. So she, bye-bye kids. Yep. Or second set of kids. Yep. And goes back to England. New chapter. New chapter. All right. So then we finally get to Daniel Craig. <laughs> Which uh, is not his name in the mini It's Jimmy. But uh, um, he was briefly introduced in, in an earlier episode. I mean, like, for, like, five seconds. And yeah. Like, hey, that's Daniel Craig. Yeah. Um, and so, but now we get more properly. Also Daniel. fairly early on in his career, I would have thought. Yeah, 96. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, Karina, I'm trying to think of Daniel Craig's career. I know there's a lot of action movies. And, I mean, even pre-James Bond, you know. Um, but anyway. <laughs> I don't know what his, his origin or what yeah. his arc was. You mean pre-Knives Out. <laughs> and also, I, in... in Britain, like, I mean, this is a TV series, and so I, I often, I only think of them in movie stuff. I don't, couldn't think of, I'm sure there are several. I can't think of any TV series that he was in. I'm no. sure he's been in them, but, yeah, so, and just, even in, in British, he's more of a TV, uh, movie, movie star. But anyway, um, so he meet Jemmy, and this is, I think, where she's in something like a hotel or, or in a, a lodge of some sort, and she's Lady... Flanders or whatever she's calling herself now and again I'm a rich widow and I'm on my way to whatever and then uh, he's like oh I'm or the she meets a woman 
And she's like, oh, my brother is blah, 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 Lord, whoever. I don't know. And, and so basically she strikes up her friendship with this woman and her brother's there and they meet the brother at the dance and then they had they, they fall in love because they had this sort of chemistry earlier. And so things go from there. They get married, all very happy. He, she has to confess first. Oh, she that's converts right. to Catholicism because yes. they're Irish. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she has to confess and that distresses the priest to no end. Uh, but she feels better. Yeah. So that's good. <laughs> Very river songish in that element where she's just telling her entire life, like, oh, yeah, I had this man, this man, and then yep. did this, and then his brother on the side. And then, and then. The priest is on the other side, <laughs> mopping his brow. I mean, you sort of have um, Daniel Craig and his sister sort of uh, uh, walking around, Waiting pacing, and wondering why it's taking so confessions long. Yeah. like an hour and a half, you know. <laughs> and they're like, okay, they'll get married. So they get married, and they're on their way. Um, and uh, they're like, oh, maybe you should take some of your money out of the bank. And she's like, oh, I can, I can do that any time, really. Why don't you do it now? I mean, I don't really actually have any money in the, in the bank. What was that? Uh, well, I mean, it doesn't matter. We're going to all your estates, right? No. No, we don't no. have any estates either. And so they're both filthy liars. Well, and it was all a big scam. Because yeah. that wasn't his sister. Oh, that's true. You're that right. That was his mistress. Or, yeah, ex-wife or something like that. Yes. And so they were running a scam to find a rich widow. Uh-huh. And so, yeah. Yeah. So, though, I mean, in, uh, he doesn't blame uh, Mom or his woman, his side chick, who he almost murders but he doesn't so yeah and so basically they uh i don't know they kind of even though it's a weird situation with all the scamminess they're kind of like each other but they sort of go on the run as well yeah they have to separate so that they can find their own means yeah and so there's a scene it's in the book too and they do it in the tv series where like you know it's sort of the next day after all the kerfuffle and he even though they sort of like had the sort of makeup, like after the scam is revealed, eh, we can still be married, right? I mean, we're both poor. We like each other. Why not? We'll make it work. And so, but the next morning, he just leaves with a note, like, eh, I got to find my own way and, you know, make a living somehow. And so she screams his name. And then Jimmy. he. Yeah. And then he hears her. And then he. And the book, I think he does come back. Um, where I think maybe in this one is he tells her later that he yeah, heard her. Yeah. So that's a little romantic moment for yeah. that the foe flourishes. And then later on. Mm-hmm. It happens again, doesn't it? Not, well, later, yeah, it does. later on, <laughs> she's on a stagecoach taking it back oh, to yes. wherever. Mm-hmm. And they get, they are beset upon by Stand and deliver. highway robbers. And it turns out that the highway robber is Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Um, so he takes her. To search her for her jewels. Wink. Wink, wink. And further into the forest. Um, so they have a little tryst there and then come back. But that's where she meets the banker. Yep. Yeah, he's on the... <laughs> sort of an older gentleman. Not nice, nice, but older gentleman who's... Uh, sort of takes her under the wing while she takes me, I don't know, what's the reverse? Yeah. She gets under his wing <laughs> and is like, I don't know anything to do. Could you tell me what to do? I mean, again, she's not scammy i mean she plays very straight for the most part i mean the character i mean you know she wants to be a gentle lady and she'll do kind of what not anything but she'll do a lot to make it happen but she was very like okay here's an opportunity but i'm gonna be straight about it and so she basically for lack of better words seduces him but you know 
she's not gonna scam him or anything. She's yeah. Just, eh, you know what you're doing. You're you're looking out for money. She, you know, she's, she's he's advising her about finances and when th- how how to invest. And she basically, long story short, you know, they get married. And you know, it's uh, happy enough, I suppose. But, yeah. You know, it's intense. it's a settled a settled. You know, she settled basically, but she kind of got what she wanted, which is you know, not necessarily looking for love, looking for stability. Yep. And uh, basically, the this is my phrasing. This is not what really happens, but like the stock market crashes. But whatever the that would be in this time period, things go sour. <laughs> and so he basically just dies of shock, I guess. I don't know, sort of vague. He just dies again. These things happen. Has happened, and uh, so we get sort of a repeat scene of the creditors at the door, and she just tells all the servants, you know, ah, sell everything, uh, including the children. I don't know, whatever. And, uh, there aren't any children and, uh, in that one. Although, at some point, she does leave children with strangers. Yes. I can't remember. Was that with the bank? I think it was. Maybe. Yeah. Again, that's. I think this is when I stopped reading. <laughs> because, like, again, this it's just been so circular. And, like, where are we going? I mean, I get it. Like, I get the theme. I get yeah. it. But where are we going? Like, I'm on that, there's like a half a book left, and we're just doing the same thing every time. So, anyway. Um, and so we go from there. And so, once again, she's left penniless, a widow, twice over at this point. And so this time she finds some lodging in maybe a less reputable area than she's used to because she's, again, down on her luck. Um, and uh, She ends up having a, a sort of almost accidental tryst with this old man. Oh, that's true. You're right. I, I Well... Um, and I can't remember. Like well, well, he's like, let me touch your bosom. Well, we'll get to that. You're going a little ahead, but you're, this is the time period. Basically, what it is. But that's when she starts taking things. That's well, the first time she. Part of it, yeah. She, she, is down on her luck, and and so the innkeeper, the madam, whatever you want to call her, of the tavern. Um, I think there's some point where she's. You know, her rent is due or something. And I'm trying to remember what happened. She does, I mean, she steals something. I forget how it works. Well, but I think that was stuff that she had, had taken with her from the banker. After the banker died, she took some of her things mm-hmm. and pawns them off right. to pay the rent. Right, yeah, she did that for a while. But then suddenly a package came in. Right, but the, I think that was the old man. Okay. That was the, I think that's the first time she takes somebody else's stuff. Okay. I think. <laughs> Um, but anyway, basically, long story short is... Her, she falls into a life of crime. Yeah, yeah. And so she does it once, and the landlady's like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I know. Yeah, yeah, package came in. Wink, wink, wink. wink. Yeah, we got, you're, not, you're not the first one to have a package came in. And then you sort of see, at least in the TV series, Maul kind of floundering here. Because she wants to be a gentle lady. But she's had to steal this one time to make ends meet. And so she doesn't want to do that, because that's not the life she wants to lead. But now she doesn't know what else to do. Yep. And so the landlady basically kind of slightly encouraged her, saying, you know, you're not the first person. It's fine. Whatever. We, we can do this. Um, and so basically, as you say, she gets a life of crimes, just starts stealing things and pawning things and all that stuff. And then she meets a, another or the tavern lady hooks her up with another lady who's a robber. And they sort of become a pair, a robber pair. And then they become a pair. Wink, wink. Yeah. They become lovers. Yeah. I guess that's, I should have, would have been interesting how it was handled in the book, how Defoe handled the, uh, yeah. I don't know how things were handled in whatever, yeah. whenever time Defoe was writing in. 
So, um, but then her partner, lady partner, gets caught and hanged. Yep. And uh, so dies. I mean, they weren't married, of course, but, you know. Uh, once, once again, she is left without. And so she basically is at her low, well, getting to her lowest point and basically gets caught. Again, just mm-hmm. like her lady partner and gets thrown into jail. Pleads her belly like her mom did, but of course she's not pregnant, so she despises her some time. And then a new prisoner comes into the jail. Dum, dum, dum. It's Jemmy. Of course it is. The Dread Pirate Roberts. Yep. And she concocts a plan where, as you mentioned earlier, she basically gave a HJ to a random old judge or something. And... I think, took, yeah, like you said, took his stuff. So she had like a, a box or yeah. a, something that had his name on it. And basically, you know, tells Jemmy, hey, because Jemmy gets out somehow, um, bribes someone or something and of jail. And she's like, look, you tell the judge, I'll blackmail him and, if, and have him send me to Virginia again, like her mom. And so there's this kind of a moment. So he gets out and disappears. Yeah. And so there's this moment of like, did he leave me and you know screw me basically? Which you know, hey, she is she is standing in the gallows mm-hmm. with no sign of Jimmy. When through the mist, <laughs> on horseback, Jimmy arrives with her, the little writ or whatever it is, and yep. so. Off they this, this is and then, so this is the closing. It's Jemmy and uh, Maul Flanders on the on the boat. Off to Virginia, Lord and Lady, whatever, to start a new life and to live happily ever after. To live happily ever after as yep. gentleman and gentlewoman in the colony of Virginia. Yep. The end. The end. <sighs> yeah. So the way each um, episode starts, and there's only four episodes. Is that uh, she's in prison at the beginning of every episode? You know, it's that basically you start at the end of the beginning, and so you have the, the prisoner. All right, all right, everyone come through here, yeah. and you're know, taking everyone on a tour to go see Maul Flanders. Apparently, she's the local prison celebrity that everyone comes to go see. And yeah. so instead of doing the uh, previously on, you get the sort of like, oh, remember the time, you know, the last episode? You yeah, know, so. yeah. So the, the jail keeper scammer guy is is sort of recapping. <laughs> Which I think is funny. Yeah. yeah, no, it's a nice way to do it. Yeah. I like it. So what'd you think of the whole, the whole kit and caboodle? I was a little bit surprised by the ending, mm-hmm. to be honest. And having not um, finished the book, so was I. It, well, yeah. <laughs> um... So yeah, the the idea that because so many times you get these society morality tales mm-hmm. of you know she's done this to herself, so we're gonna hang her. That's the way that works, um, and that's not what happened with this at all. She finally gets. It's like she is she's spending so much time looking for ways to raise her station, and sort of accidentally falling in love along the way. And by the end, those two things come together and she gets both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Unusual way, unusual choice 
uh, a crime, it turns out, does pay. And so I'm looking this up now. So Amal Flanders was published in 1722, so obviously very early oh, much on. much older than I thought yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. I, mean, that's, I was sort of mid-1800s, but yeah. Yeah, so it's sort of... But I guess it makes sense. Contemporary time, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I don't know what, what the British era is called. Obviously, here in America, it'd be the colonial era for us. Yeah. Um, very appropriate here in our July 4th weekend. Um so yeah, um, no, sorry. I'm just reading. Like this is this is post Robinson Crusoe, if it matters. So enough about islands. What about women? Yeah, right. um, yeah. I think one thing because I think in the book and also a little bit in the TV is like this is because Maul narrates both mm. in the TV and, and the book. But she's sort of like, oh, you must, you know, I'm the thought of as the, the worst woman in the world. You know, I'm done all these things and I'm a terrible woman and so as you say you think well if this is in some ways traditional British novelists of the early period of the, the pre, pre-20th century there is going to be this yes this is the life you should not lead and if I was like mm, yeah, I don't know yeah. <laughs> it works out for in the end yeah. you know and so I, I, I again without being a uh, British literature expert I, I don't know how many are um women central characters who do all these things good and bad and in between and you know works out fine you know it's not like women should know their place do not have lots of sex and husbands and crime and prostitution and leaving your children in yeah, random yeah. places I mean, which I think is a huge societal thing I mean I think that's the thing that you know shocked me for lack of a better word and that is the casual discarded of children again works both ways but you don't see it for women in literature yeah. in this you know in the 18th century where the women are just like yeah kids bye moving on later yeah so yeah yeah fun mm-hmm. so yeah check it out you know I mean uh, I it's 1996 so I mean you know but I mean I don't think it's dated in any no, way no I enjoyed it yeah so, so check it out. We there you go. There's your advice for today. <laughs> go check it out. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to the TARDIS library. Whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. When you close your eyes. I go to the library. Go to the library now. For the TARDIS library, we're going to stick with our Doctor Who adjacent, but yeah. the, sort of a folks may be doing something that we're not familiar with them doing and we uh you know we talked about alex kingston being an actress and mall finders that's what we're used to her doing we're going to talk about one of the doctors in a role we're not used to perhaps and that is peter capaldi the 12th doctor so we're not going to be talking about anything he acted in nope. we're going to be talking about something he wrote and directed yep and actually won many awards for including an academy award an academy award <coughs> for he tied mm-hmm. with another Best short film. Mm-hmm. Yep, in 1995. So he, this is Oscar Award winner Peter Capaldi, for he those who didn't indeed, know it. Yeah. So this is, what are we talking about? We're talking about the short film Franz Kafka's It's a Wonderful Life, which uh, premiered in 1993. So, I, I don't know, do you want to create a synopsis on the spot? Ah, uh, um, it, well, it's... Franz Kafka's It's a Wonderful Life. I'm not even sure <laughs> so how to... Franz Kafka is uh, played by Richard E. Grant because when we're going to talk about Doctor Who, it's always Richard E. Grant. It is always going to be Richard E. Grant. Playing Kafka. And then basically this sort of comedic short film is him alone in a room writing or starting to write. Trying to write. Metamorphosis. Metamorph- 
Metamorphosis. Yes. Metamorphosis. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, you know the one we're talking about. And the so, bug one. Yeah. The bug one. And he basically is starting with that first line, you know, for, for whatever. Gregor. Wake, waking up. Yeah, yeah, Gregor woke up as a giant blank. And, and he's trying. He can't find what he wants Gregor to have woken up as. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of goes from there with him thinking of different ideas. And you sort of get this sort of comedic cut to Gregor, you know, being a giant. Um, Banana, yeah. I think at one point. <laughs> yes. And, yeah. Uh, and so then he's disturbed by his neighbors while he's riding or having a random, oh, because it's Christmas. It's wonderful. Life, having a Christmas party. And then he has this creepy uh, person looking for a, a mysterious pet. And then he's interrupted by another lady who's selling costumes door to door and then it kind of goes from there yes and so obviously throughout many trials and tribulations he eventually comes up with the, the bug who um and then, you know, we go from there yeah yeah it's it's very it, i don't know well, what do you think it's before? incredibly surreal yes um in in sort of an homage i suppose to kafka himself mm-hmm. um but it's so black comedy as well mm-hmm. um it made me giggle yeah I don't, it's, I, and this is what 1993 i don't know i mean I, I assume richard e grant likes these roles but he always does play the same role as sort of like i mean not villain per se but this sort of like just very standoffish he and, has uh, the face for i'm it. sure he's very lovely in person yeah, <laughs> yeah I think he totally is but he has the face to play that sort of somber, bitter. Yes. No happiness, no, no joy. No happiness, no joy. Leave yeah. me alone. Although, yeah. we've just recently seen him in... Loki. Loki. So, uh, we'll see how that goes. But I, I think that's the thing that Richard E. Grant does really well. Because he has that face, he can do comedy oh, yes. beautifully. Mm-hmm. Because he's such a straight man. Yeah, you, you see him as like, oh, this is going to be a very serious or very gaunt or very, you know, sober. And then when he does something that's funny. And even ridiculous. If, even if he's keeping that face. Yeah. And that's the thing. He plays it so seriously, mm-hmm. even in the midst of this broadness. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, I'd be interested in seeing where that fell um because he did with Noel and I, didn't he? Yes. Be with, interested um, in, uh, with the um, Eighth Doctor. Yeah, that's what I was, I was thinking. Paul McGann. Grant yeah. with Noel and I, and then I was like, "Oh no, wait, was that Paul McGann? It was yeah. both." <laughs> yeah. Um, because was, again, that's another one that. Well, I've been trying to find that. Um, it's not really available in America, even in hard copy. Like it's ridiculous mm. the price I found on Amazon. So. I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to look for it just so we can watch it, but it's hard to get in America. I've seen it, but it's been a long time. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and just to go over the awards that this short film won. So it won the uh, Scotland BAFTA in um, uh, 1993. It won the Atlantic Film Festival Award. Um, and then it won in 94 the Andrews European First Film Festival Audience Award. Won the BAFTA Film Award. Um, and then the Celtic uh, Media Festival Award, the Vevey International Funny Film Festival Award, and then 1995, the Academy Award goes to Peter Capaldi and Ruth Kenley Lutz. Yeah. So. It's wild. <laughs> we watched a short clip from Peter Capaldi's appearance on. Oh, Graham Norton. Graham Norton, where Peter Capaldi was sort of, I guess, 
you know, having won all these awards for the short film. And, and you know, short films can take you places. They lead to movies and mm-hmm. they lead to things. You know, and we, he was talking about how very excited he was because now he had a meeting in Hollywood. Or, I think it was New York. Was, was it Hollywood? It anyway. Either way. Yeah. It was a meeting with mm-hmm. very important people. Mm-hmm. And he was like, here it is. This is the start of my next career as a writer and a director. And mm-hmm. they send a driver for him and it's all very fancy. And he's telling the driver that, you know, he's got this script and they're going to sign it. And da, 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 da. And gets to the place, and the driver's like, "I'll wait." He's like, "No, no, no! I'm gonna, I'm gonna be. It's gonna be meeting. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll. we'll drink, uh, we'll celebrate. It could be hours and hours." And the driver's like, "I've been told to wait." <laughs> and then so Peter gives them this big tip because he's a big shot now. Life's on the move. He goes to the meeting, and they're like, "It's not happening." And so he goes back to the driver, you know, Charlie Brown style. And uh, tells them, and the driver gives him his tip back because he doesn't have any money left. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, but that was, was interesting. You know, Peter could have gone and become a director and screenwriter. And yeah, yeah. Kind of left acting behind, quote unquote. Not God's will. No. So, and so, instead, we get Peter becoming the 12th Doctor decades later. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> and seems to be doing just fine. Yes. I mean, starting starring in a. Long Lost Relatives music videos and everything else. And everything. <laughs> I don't know how lost he was. <laughs> so Lewis, yeah. Lewis Capaldi. Yeah, that's, right. that's the guy's name. I was like <laughs> trying to come up with it. It's okay, I got it. All right. Well, until next time, enjoy the Doctor's many adventures throughout time and space. This is BBC Television.